for coming um, to this event uh, beyond Kampala, looking at the ICC, the crime of aggression, and also the, the future of the court. Uh, we've had a really great response uh, to this event, and we're very pleased that you can all be with us today. As you can see, we've got a very crammed schedule, so I'm, I'm not going to bore you with uh, too many comments at the beginning. Uh, Except to say that this event today, apart from also looking at these issues of the ICC, also serves as the launch of the Global Institute uh, for the Prevention of Aggression. Um, the director of the new Global Institute is, uh, is Don Ferenc, uh, who you're going to be hearing a great deal from later on in the program. So uh, it's also a real uh, honour and a privilege to be able to launch this new institute today. Um, my name is Phil Clark. I'm a lecturer in international politics at SOAS in London, but also the convener of Oxford Transitional Justice Research uh, based here at the University of Oxford. Uh, OTJR is a, a network of about 150 staff and students working on a, a very broad range of transitional justice issues of which the ICC for this group has always been a real focus. So uh, it's, it's uh, great that OTJR can uh, co-host uh, this very important event today. As I said, I'm, I'm not going to spend any more time on the, uh, the pleasantries and the introductions. I think we're going to, to plough very much straight into the program. Um, I'd just like to introduce someone who actually really needs no introduction whatsoever, um, and that is Benjamin Ferenc, uh, who of course was, was one of the, the US prosecutors in, in Nuremberg. Um, we're also going to hear more from Benjamin as the day goes on, but just for the time being, uh, he's going to say just a couple of, of brief introductory words of welcome, and also to introduce our first speaker, um, the Vice President of the ICC, Judge Hans-Peter Kau. Um, so I'll hand over to you now, Benjamin. Thanks very much. Thank you very much, uh, Bill. I'm already wrecking the place. Uh, as you don't have to worry about long speeches, you can see I'm a short speaker. Uh, this is an honor and a pleasure and privilege for me to introduce Judge Carl to you. Uh, as you know, he is from Germany, and uh, uh, my first entry into Germany was going in trying to kill as many Germans as I could, and they were trying to kill as many Americans as I could. So it's particularly good that we're here joined together, as we have been for at least 15 years. Uh, when he first came to the United Nations as the ambassador of Germany, and he has been an ardent champion of world peace, as I have been. So it's, uh, I'm very glad and delighted to see you here. My dear friend, Jack, the floor is yours. <laughs> Thank you very much, uh, Professor Ferenc. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's, this is all in, in a way, this is a somewhat um, um, funny reversal of roles. In my view, he should uh, uh, have spoken uh, to you and I should have uh, introduced uh, him to you because Benjamin Ferenc is the world's leading expert on the crime of aggression. He has uh, contributed to the uh, criminalization of this crime um, in the footsteps of, of Robert Jackson over now 60 years. 60 years. So um, uh, maybe I'm, I'm just be 
I'm just allowed to begin with a question, a question which shows the dilemma which speakers are sometimes faced with, and now also myself, and we have talked uh, the entire morning uh, about the crime of aggression. What do you say when all has been said, when all has been said on the crime of aggression? Well, the short answer is, you say it again, but, but in a different manner. <laughs> so on a more serious note, permit me, however, to clarify at the outset of these remarks, I will not speak about the process which led to this very important Kampala compromise on the crime of aggression, or the main factors which made this uh, breakthrough possible. Nor will I um, speak about the juridical details <coughs> and many uh, legal issues, uh, which, if not um, uh, if, if not unresolved issues or ambiguities um, with regard to the uh, Kampala amendments uh, to our uh, statute. Uh, and I would like to mention, and uh, <coughs> those who are uh, following the crime of oppression are aware, it. maybe some of you are not, there is already a vast and growing array of academic and other contributions, many very good uh, articles and analyses um, from, uh, from Roger Clark, Stefan Barica, who is among us, Jennifer Brahm, who is among us, Kai Ambos, uh, Klaus Kress, Bill Chabas, who is among us, and others. And I recommend, when you have an interest in these, in these questions, and it's about um, war and peace, and about um, the dangers emanating from future crimes of aggression, which can be terrible human suffering, I recommend all these, these um, contributions to you. Now, um, as some of you know, I did not have the chance to be in Kampala, and given my long-standing interest for uh, the legal and other questions to criminalize effectively this uh, terrible core crime, which was which was um, created in, in Nuremberg, um, I, it was therefore welcome that um, in October of last year, I was invited with another judge, in this case, a, a Chinese judge, Judge Liu Dakun, the distinguished uh, Chinese judge from the International Criminal Tribunal for the former Yugoslavia, to give a lecture on the crime of aggression in Oslo, in Oslo, in Norway, on the February, uh, in February of this year. And what made this um, invitation particularly interesting was that our Norwegian host, Morten Baxmo, explicitly encouraged us to focus on the legal policy issues related to the Kampala outcome, legal policy issues. And the, the fundamental question, which is also at the core of this seminar, is which legal policy shall be followed until 2017 and beyond when the Rome Statute with its new articles 
8 bis and Article 15 bis and tear of the crime of aggression will enter into force, will be in force. And well, some of you, not all of you, um, should now be aware of two publications which were published immediately after the Oslo con conference and these uh, publications which uh, Mr. Mr. Clark promised me would be available um, include, for example, my speech, Is it possible to prevent or punish future aggressive lawmaking? And it was also in Oslo that I proposed a new international NGO or a new international network for the special purpose of making the criminalization of aggression as strong, efficient, and credible as possible. And it is my hope that this event in, in, in Oxford uh, today and this, uh, the Global Institute, uh, that this will be the nucleus, maybe the catalyst, the catalyst of an international network against aggression as efficient as possible. And my congratulations and my appreciation go in particular to you, Don, for all what you have done and that you have made uh, this day possible together with Mr. Clark. So now I, I'm in a in a in a in a in a in a, in a difficult, somewhat difficult situation because I admit I have a very bad habit. I like to quote myself. <laughs> <laughs> My wife, who sits in Santa Fe, she is uh, probably painfully aware of it. And uh, now with regard to my speech in Oslo, and I, I worked a couple of months on it, I will very courageously try to suppress the temptation to quote myself. <laughs> so instead, let me simply share with you some um, personal thoughts um, uh, on, on, on two questions. First, one, where do we stand today in May 2011 with regard to the crime of aggression? And I will address this question not so much in a, in a technical uh, uh, sense, but in a, but in a, but in a short stock taking of, of the current situation. And second, where do we go from here to make the Kampala amendments on the crime of aggression a genuine reality in international law? Well, um, when we look at the current situation, the natural starting point must be the Kampala consensus on the crime of aggression amendments. And we now have a difficulty here we have a, a group of experts who know, who all have these, these Kampala amendments in their in their satchels, and we have a number of people um, who are who who um, are here out, out of interest. And um, I would like to encourage you to to, to look at, at these uh, texts. And it is not difficult, in my view to acknowledge these texts which were uh, adopted 
in Kampala as a great, great breakthrough in international law. For the first time, and you really have to think about it, we now have international criminal law defining clear limits for the use at bellum, for the right to start a war. Yeah? Uh, clear limits for the right to start uh, a war. And for the first time in the history of mankind, there is a concrete perspective, a unique chance, if sustained and fully implemented, and much work has to be done, to criminalize illegal war-making. And for the first time, since the Second World War, there may be, after 2017, with the International Criminal Court, an independent World Court, independent also from the Security Council, which could examine and sit in court over possible crimes of, of, of aggression. This is the independence that we now have, may have an, an, an international uh, court, uh, which, which is not uh, under the control of, of a political body. This is something which, I, which is very important. And I would like to, to um, highlight a key co com component of the substantive definition of the crime of aggression. And this is uh, something which the lawyers call a threshold requirement, which is set out in future Article 5, one of the Rome Statute. And according to this requirement, the state act of aggression must con constitute by its character, gravity, and scale a manifest, manifest violation of the UN Charter. And as one of the international experts, Klaus Press from Cologne, has said, the function of this threshold is twofold. First, it implies a magnitude test, a dimensional test. Um, not all border skirmishes can be a, a crime of, of aggression. And uh, this refers to the gravity and scale of the act. Second, by referring to the character, uh, the, the threshold is, has a, a, a qualitative uh, requirement. <coughs> the, state, the, the state use of force must be unambiguously, clearly uh, illegal. Furthermore, these three components which I have mentioned, character, gravity, and scale, the three, not only one of them, not only two of them, must all cumulatively be present to satisfy the manifest standard of the violation of the, of the prohibition of the use of armed force in Article 2.4 of the, of the Charter. And this high threshold requirement characterizes, in my view, also the realism of the Kampala text. It's a realistic text. Uh, therefore, the text cannot be denounced as, as a product of some peaceniks or, 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 or naive or uh, pacifist dreamers. 
at the same time, this uh, characteristic realism probably enhances the chances that the Kampala amendments will be ratified before 2007 by a number of states as large as possible, and I come back to this. But, but, apart from this, the current situation, the overall situation, is not really satisfactory, is not really encouraging. We should be straight and, and honest with ourselves, hopes that some may have had, including myself, that the Kampala breakthrough would trigger a new comprehensive international debate. We need such a, 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 such a debate on war making. Um, a, a debate on the vital importance of the prohibition of the use of, of force as set out in the UN Charter. These hopes have not been fulfilled on the level of leading statesmen all over the world, heads of states or governments, foreign ministers, justice ministers, there are no indications, at, at least not enough indications, that they really have taken note of or that they really are aware of the Kampala breakthrough on the crime of aggression. And it was encouraging to hear this morning um, from the representative of parliamentarians uh, for global action that at least the foreign minister of Brazil has, has come forward and has really made a positive uh, statement uh, on this. Um, well, uh, why do I mention this? Uh, I, I assume that, uh, that uh, we all share the wish that the International Criminal Court is indeed equipped after 2017 with jurisdiction over the crime of, of aggression to the largest possible extent as made possible by Kampala. But if we want to have um, a, a realistic uh, a but if we want to be successful, we must have a realistic pic picture of the world around us. And um, well, uh, as I said, um, for the time being, there is lack of attention, there is some inertia, there is business as usual, and no real uh, awareness of the unique chance to, uh, to criminalize in the future illegal war making. But I submit that this is not really surprising. Uh, politicians have, have, uh, have the habit uh, to look only at the necessities of today, and 2017 uh, seems far away uh, to most of them. And in addition, if, if we look at the news, at, at the television, and you all uh, know this, we see and hear day after day um, the reflections of international problems, tensions, catastrophes, Fukushima, Libya, Iraq, Afghanistan, energy crisis, economic crisis, ongoing arms race, ongoing activities of the military-industrial uh, complex, mass poverty un un under development and widespread inequality. And not to forget terrorism, which lives 
from all these in, in, injustices, which is promoted by, by all these injustices. But uh, with regard to the world of politics, it is to a certain under extent understandable that all these unresolved huge problems, and we have talked to a certain extent about this this morning, they consume, they absorb, they paralyze the attention and the energy of states and policy makers and, and others who carry a responsibility. There is, however, another factor. Three generations after the Second World War, three generations after the Nuremberg trials, and uh, Professor Ferenc has been there, one has the impression that some have forgotten, many do not find it necessary uh, any longer to bear in mind the lessons learned out of, of the deadliest war ever with more than 50 million dead and untold suffering for so many all over the world. And we all are aware that the principles of the UN Charter, among them the prohibition of the use of force, it's the sole exception of the, of the right to self-defense as confirmed by Article 51 and the development of the of the, of the crimes against peace by Robert Jackson. These are the key les lessons learned from this apocalyptic uh, uh, war. Now, if we, if we, if we stay, step back, if we analyze state practice since 1945 in a sober and, and realistic manner, well, and I do not want um, really to to be uh, pessimistic, but uh, I, I, I think it's realistic to say that there are so many examples that the letter and spirit of the, of the prohibition of the use of force, they have been ignored, they have been set aside, and they have been gradually eroded by the use of armed force and, and many military interventions which were highly questionable <coughs> and I do not mention uh, some of them now. You, 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 you will have an idea. And time and again, the right to self-defense, pursuant to Article 51 of the Charter, was used, or better abused, as a pretext for quite far-fetched justifications for war making. And uh, we have to be clear, and I have already alluded to the military, in international military industrial complex, there continue to be forces who persistently want to downplay or to undermine the importance, the vital importance of the prohibition of the use of force in Article 2 of uh, 4 of the Charter. Now, this is a reality. Where do we go from here? What needs to be done against this background to turn the Kampala breakthrough on the crime of aggression into a new regime of international law protection um, by a new regime of international law as strong and efficient as possible? This task 
this challenge ahead of us uh, until 2017, and uh, this is the subject matter of the conference that we are uh, having today, is quite demanding, if not very difficult. <coughs> much work, much coordinated efforts, many coordinated efforts from many societies and states and governments will be needed. But, and this is the message that I want to give to all of you, it can be done. It will be done. It will be achieved. There is absolutely no reason to be pessimistic in this regard. As I see it, time is on our side. The logic of history is on our side. The logic of the development of international law is on our side. And on 30 October 2006, at the conference commemorating the 60th anniversary of the Nuremberg Judgment, held in St. Louis, in St. Louis, I was there when, when you spoke about the task, that was the title, of enabling the International Criminal Court to punish aggression. You said, and I quote, the most important achievement of the Nuremberg trial was the confirmation that war-making is no longer a national right, but has instead become an international crime. That great historical step forward in the law must be sustained. That were your words. Yes, yes, it must be sustained and it was effectively followed up and sustained in Kampala. And we all have to, 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 to again to be aware that this was a historic step. And it will be further sustained after 2017. And there is, in my view, little doubt, and I have said so this morning, that at least 30 states' parties will have ratified the amendments and that at least two-thirds of the state's parties will confirm the Kampala consensus by a, a further vote as required for the entry into force. And why is this so? Why, why? Well, there are three reasons. There is once, and uh, therefore I draw your attention to the text again, you, I, I encourage all of you, whether specialists or not, to look at these texts. There is the careful balance, the consolidation and the majority of the Kampala amendments elaborated over, well, 10 years, 10, 10 years, which they are the results of the most serious, profound, thorough negotiations which ever took place on, on, on three pages of juridical uh, 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 text. So, um, taking into account the positions of all state parties. Then, there is the power, the overwhelming power of the great idea that crimes against peace are the evil per se as identified by in, 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 in Nuremberg. And um, the, the judgment of Nuremberg said 
a war of aggression is the supreme international crime, differing from other war crimes only in that it contains in itself the accumulated evil of the whole. And 65 years later, Bill Shabbat, who is over there, took up this by stating in a, in, in a different um, noteworthy um, statement, the message, he said, the message that the Shab amendments help to deliver is that war is the supreme evil lying at the heart of the human rights violations set out in the provisions on genocide crimes against humanity and war crimes. And third, there is a fundamental truth confirmed time and again. People around the world, people in all nations agree that the highest value and best protection for human dignity and human rights is the absence of war. Therefore, it is not understandable that a number of highly respected human rights organizations, such as Amnesty International and, 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 and uh, Human Rights Watch in the, uh, in the United States, are not squarely behind uh, uh, the, the, this, this breakthrough. And it is in awareness of all these elements that the criminalization of aggression should be completed and must be completed after 2007. And for this, there are, in my view, at least three essential tasks. They have to be tackled in the years to come. And uh, uh, this seminar and conference in, in Oxford is part of this effort with um, uh, the, necessary, um, the necessary steadfastness and determination. One, all necessary means must be exhausted to really bring home to governments, to parliaments, the media, and also to the civil society the crucial necessity to complete the effective criminalization of aggression in 2017. Two, all necessary means must again be exhausted to bring about as soon as possible a comprehensive ratification campaign. And this campaign should have the objective that not only the 30 states parties require, but if possible, all or the largest possible number of states parties will have ratified. And we must hope, and we must hope that when the time uh, comes, also for example, the United Kingdom, the United Kingdom and France, both permanent members of the Security Council, they assume their responsibility and, and, and uh, should uh, ratify these amendments. In general, the permanent members of the Security Council should understand that the uh, amendments agreed in Kampala are no infringement and not at all a violation of the powers of the Security Council 
But let's be straight, a further strengthening of its authority because the Security Council will in the future have the power to refer aggressions as a crime to the International Criminal Court, just as the Security Council has some weeks ago referred the Libya situation um, uh, 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 to us. Third and last, all necessary means, but here I'm particularly, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm particularly uh, hopeful, should be used to prevent, if necessary, I don't think it will become really necessary, that those who may be interested in maintaining the unfavorable status quo that we have now with regard to the crime of oppression that they, that they <coughs> get a chance to reopen the Kampala uh, compromise. This has happened in other cases after the law of the sea conference. The U.S. have successfully managed to, to, to uh, reopen the, uh, the agreements, but here it should be prevented. Therefore, it is again very important that many states start starts the ratification of procedures of the Kampala amendments as soon as possible. I know that Germany is currently in an intensive preparation of ratification proceedings. They, they are preparing um, a treaty law. And last week, I was told again that the ratification shall be concluded, if possible, this year this year, yeah, before 2012, and I was also told, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure that this is correct because I follow um, uh, this myself, all parties in the German Bundestag are in favor. There are no parliamentary difficulties to be expected at all. And I will soon travel again to Berlin um, to emphasize how important it is that Germany, well, the Second World War was triggered by the wars of aggression committed by, 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 by Adolf Hitler and his followers, that Germany now sets a positive example in this regard. Then, if I'm not mistaken, you are the only person present who, today who has seen it all. You have seen the horrors of the Second World War. You have seen the victims, uh, the victims of the crimes which were committed by the Nazis under the cover of aggressive war making. The, the, you have seen the Nuremberg trials, the Einsatzgruppe trial. You, you have known of, of Robert Jackson. You have seen the adoption of Resolution 3314 by the General Assembly. You have seen the adoption of the Rome Statute in 1998 with only a placeholder provision for the crime of oppression. And in contrast to myself, uh, you and John, you were also present in Kampala when the amendments uh, were adopted. And it, it is not a secret, and I share this with, with the audience with your, with your permission, um, that uh, Kampala has not really met all your expectations. In particular, the delayed entry into force of the Kampala Act 
on aggression after 2017 was not was something which you did not like. Given this situation, it was a great uh, encouragement for many of your friends, including um, myself, that in November last year, on Veterans Day, you sent out this message, thoughtful message, um, on the crime of aggression, and it is entitled, We have come a long way from Nuremberg, and we have miles to go before we sleep. And it ends with these words, it will be up to today's youth and tomorrow's missionaries to propagate and hold high the banner of truth that law is always better than war. And it is a message that political leaders have yet uh, to, to, to learn. These, were, these are the words of uh, uh, Mr. Ferris. And as a last point, I can once make maybe a cut from all this, or some kind of a personal flashback. Flashback. We are in February 1999. Yeah, February 1999. Twelve years ago, we are in New York, in the Preparatory Commission for the International Criminal Court. It is on 22 February 1999 that the delegate of Germany takes the floor on the, on the question how to make progress with regard to the crime of oppression pursuant to Article 5.1 of, of the statute and to settle the unfinished business um, of the Rome Conference. In, in this statement, and if you see here, there's also the following um, uh, paragraph. Quote, the task to solve the outstanding issues concerning the crime of aggression, enormous as it, as it may, may be, it is not beyond our capability. As one of the well-known American supporters of the International Criminal Court, a steadfast fighter for the inclusion of the crime of aggression in the statute, former Nuremberg prosecutor, Professor Benjamin Ferris, always says, never give up, always try again, always try harder. Yes, Ben, <laughs> we have heard, we have learned from you, we, we have often even quoted your famous saying, I don't know whether you have copyright for this, <laughs> never give up, never give up. And uh, the conclusion, ladies and gentlemen, is, is obvious. Benjamin Ferenc is a monster who have taught us, you have uh, reminded us about our obligation not to give up on this quest for a more peaceful world. And uh, you should know, and I hope that this is some encouragement uh, to you, and I hope that this conference is some encouragement to you. There are many, many who will not give up, who will do the best to make the crime of aggression 
acquired within the jurisdiction of the court in which I serve. Well, ladies and gentlemen, may I suggest that we all may rise to honor Professor Benjamin Perry. <laughs> 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 <laughs>